Good morning. Thank you very much. Who's enjoying Summer Sundays right now? Who was here last week? Come on, hands right up. You can be a vocal with me this morning. That's absolutely fine, okay? Um, who's heard the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words? Yeah? I love the images that were shared from last week. Thank you to our photography team and our media guys and our social media crew. Everybody doing a fantastic job. All this stuff that was shared from last week's Summer Sunday, and I'm sure there'll be loads more coming. If you miss a Sunday, you can jump online. You can jump on our Instagram. You can jump on our Facebook and catch up on all that stuff. And if you want to get involved in that, hey, jump on a team. There's loads of opportunities. And I love sharing those pictures. I love seeing images shared. And don't we live in a culture where so often we love to share our highlights? Who's on Instagram? Who's on Facebook? Who loves to share the occasional holiday snap or something like that? We've got a a picture here that, that we love to share. This is of, uh, this is of our CityGate youth crew. Uh, this was Friday. And about 40 of us went go-karting our first summer hangout. There's another one coming up later in the month. But these guys had an awesome time. We love to share images like this. We love to share the highlights of our lives. And you know what? We like to share and we like to put a filter on things and go, this is how we live our lives. And so much of the time... You know, I wonder what the image is that we want people to see of our lives. Okay, and this is going to set us up for where we're going this morning, so stick with me. What if you took an Instagram feed of your life right now? What would it say about you? Would it say, oh, I'm a healthy eater? Would it say, I'm a good parent? Would it say that I'm living the life, I'm living the dream, I'm out every evening doing something awesome, going to a gig, sharing a meal with friends? What would the Instagram feed, the highlights of your life, look like this morning? Maybe it's, I've got my 2018 beach ready dad bod, I'm good to go, I'm off on my holidays, whatever it is of your life. Don't we love to share our highlights? But when we zoom out, So often from those highlights, we can realize that there might actually be a whole lot more other stuff going on behind the scenes. Isn't that true? Let's take a look at this clip that's going to set us up this morning. I love some of those. I think my favorite one is the guy in his boardies who's just by the side of the road in a pile of sand, pretending he's on holiday. This morning's title is called 
life through a lens. And if you took a snapshot of your life right now and the highlights that you like to present and show the world about your life right now, what lens is that going through? Sometimes we put a lens over what we share. But when we zoom out, there's a whole lot of stuff that we like to crop out and we like to hide and we don't like to share our highlights. As we jump into today's message, I want us to think about this statement. God is more interested in our whole heart than the image we choose to present in our frame. God is more interested in your whole heart than the image you choose to present in your frame. The last few weeks... um, We've been redecorating a little bit at home, and when we moved into our house um, about five years ago, there was this patch in our living room where the floorboard was starting to creak. And uh, you know what I did? You know, we moved into this house, and we thought, you know what? I can, I can live around that. I can live with that little squeak. It's not a big, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to deal with it right now. We're going to move in first, get life happening. We had one daughter at the time, and now we've got a little boy as well. And, the, and don't you realize that as life gets busy, you start to have these things in your life that might be a little creak. It might be a little something that's small, but actually over time, it gets worse and worse. This creak in our floorboard, in our living room, developed to a point where you know, in, in amongst the, the busyness of life and kids running around and, and going about your day-to-day business, that this floorboard, somebody put their foot on it. I'm not going to say who, but someone put their foot on it and it went straight through the floor to the point where we ended up with a dent in our carpet that was like this. And I thought, you know what? I've left this squeak too long. I'm going to deal with this squeak in my floorboard. I'm going to deal with this broken floorboard right now. And you know what I did? I did what any sensible person would do. I improvised. And I got, (laughs) some of you can see where this is going. I got a box of toys that our kids had, and I thought, that'll make a great coffee table. I'm going to put that over the dent in the floor. (laughs) Sorted. For real, that's what I did. But I only did that because actually two weeks later, I had some days off, and I thought, I'm going to deal with it then. But for now, I don't want anyone falling through this hole in the floor. And what I ended up doing was pulling back the carpet and repairing this floorboard because it got to such a point where I couldn't live around this dent in the floor. Wherever you walked across the room, there was an issue in the floor, in the heart of this this room, that whatever route you tried to take across the room, you would end up with your foot in in the hole in the floor. So I ended up dealing with this thing. But during the process of that, what I had to do was empty the whole room. Okay, so I had to pull out all the sofa and the TV unit and the the bookcase and all of this stuff. And in the process of doing that, I realized something really profound. That actually, what I'd managed to squeeze into our living room over the course of five years living in our house, I had to redistribute across the rest of our house. I had to clear all the junk that I'd accumulated in day-to-day life and, and find a new home for it temporarily while I sorted out the problem in the living room. And isn't it so often that in our lives, as we go through lives, we can underestimate how much junk we start to accumulate and how much stuff can start to fill our lives and start to affect our lives. And actually, now that the floor is sorted and it looks amazing, I don't want to put that stuff back into my living room. I don't want to put that stuff back into my life. I like to live with a bit of margin now. And so our living room is completely different. You know, we do the same when people come around, don't we? Who can identify with this? There's always a room in the house. I don't even need to explain it. You guys have got it already. You're ahead of me. Okay. 
But we like to sweep things under the carpet. We like to hide things. Because actually we think that when people come around, we want to present a better image of ourselves, a better image of our lives. Because we think people will love us more, they'll accept us more, whatever the reasons are. And actually appearances can be deceptive. I've got another image here that we're going to look at. And I've been through hundreds of these online. They're great. This is a beautifully framed image. But actually when you zoom out, the picture suddenly looks a whole lot different. What could be a beautifully framed image is actually someone sitting in a pile of weeds by the side of the road. We've got another one here. This one's my favorite. Who's seen this on their feed? Maybe in the last week. Maybe you posted this one in your last week. A a great food image. Who loves a food image? Who loves to... I love to eat my food. I don't love to take pictures of my food. That's just me. But this is what it looks like when we zoom out. The picture of our life can look so much different. There is mess around the place. There are kids screaming in the background. There's a whole load of chaos that's happening. But actually this morning, God is interested in all of that stuff and not just the part that we like to focus on. You know, we live in a world that is so preoccupied with the outside image. Audrey Hepburn said this, makeup can only make you look pretty on the outside. It doesn't help if you're ugly on the inside. And it reminded me of this verse in 1 Samuel that says, The Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And if we're looking at today that God is more interested in your whole heart than the image that you like to present in your frame then actually we need to get to the heart of the issue this morning. Are you with me? You know, what's the difference between the outside and the inside? Often it's so much easier to deal with the outside and to present an image. It's easier to buy those new trainers. It's easier to fix your hair. It's easier to do your makeup, ladies and guys, whatever. (laughs) It's easy to Photoshop those images of your life. But the heart is different. You see, the heart, you can't fake it. You can't Photoshop it. You can't put a filter over it and put it on your feed. The heart is different. And God is interested this morning in the condition of your heart. You know, when we talk about, thank you, when we talk about, when we talk about our heart, often we think about our emotions, okay? But actually, the Hebrew understanding is so much greater than that. It talks about our emotions. It talks about our conscience. It talks about our mind, our, our motives, our will. It's everything that's going on on the inside of us. And easier, it's, it's easier sometimes to fix up the outside, but there can be a whole lot more going on on the inside. Isn't that right? Yeah. See, God is interested in your heart. But why is your heart so important? You can go through life having a messed up heart or a great heart. And sometimes, for moments, on the outside, it can look the same. But actually, when you zoom out and you take a look at what's going on behind the scenes, the outward might, might not reflect what's going on on the inside of you. Yeah. I went to the car wash recently, about two weeks ago. It's rained since then, so I'm going to have to go back, you know. 
But I went to the car wash, and, and the car wash near us is there's options when you when you drive up to the car wash. You pull up to the guy, and it's it's not one of those drive-through ones. It's one of those ones where where you give the guys the, the, the keys, and they really look after your car. You go in for a coffee, and and then they come back to you, sir. Your car's ready, and it looks amazing. But as you walk up to as as you drive up to the guy, there's options on boards by the side of the car wash, and the first option is to you know do the outside and clean the outside. The second option up, the silver level, is to do uh, to do the your alloys and all that kind of stuff. The third option, the gold option, is to do the wheel arches, do the inside of the door trim, do all of that stuff. And the last one, the platinum level, I don't even know what the platinum level does because I'm not going to pay that much for a car wash. (laughs) But when I drove my car back from the car wash, there is still a light on the dash. And there is an issue in the engine that fixing up the outside of my car wasn't going to fix And so often there can be an issue right down in the guts of our life, down in the engine of our lives, that actually God is saying, I want to deal with that issue. I want to bring some freedom on that issue. I want to fix up that area of your life that no amount of fixing the outside will deal with first. Proverbs 4.23 says this, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. This is why our heart is so important. Out of it flows the issues of life. A different version says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It determines where you're going. You see, the engine is the heart of your life. And if we want to live with an engine that is firing on all cylinders this morning, we need to fix up some areas of our life perhaps this morning. God is interested in your whole heart than the image that you choose to present in your frame. So this morning, I want to look at a verse in Hebrews 12 that's going to help us reframe our lives. It's going to help us take the filter off and see our life through a different lens this morning. Is that okay? Hebrews 12 says this, starting from verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. How is this going to help us reframe our lives this morning? I believe there's two keys in this verse. And we're going to use the, the metaphor of a photograph this morning. I love photography. I, love, I worked for years uh, in creative arts and in photography. And actually, there are some things that you learn really early on as a photographer. The first thing, key number one from this verse, is to choose your crop. Choose your crop. Hebrews talks about laying aside the weights and the sins that so easily ensnare us. And sometimes there's some things on the inside of our heart that we need to do some things about. If we're going to end up with an engine which is going to be functioning as it should, we need to do some things on the inside. There might be some things this morning that you need to give up. There might be some things this morning that you need to deal with that's a, that's a weight or a burden in your life that is affecting the condition of your heart. And God is saying, I want to release you from that this morning. I can offer you freedom from that this morning. I can offer you strength on the inside where previously you've been beaten down over some of these issues. But don't we like to hold on to our issues? Don't we like to hold on to our issues? Proverbs 14.30 says, A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. A different version says that jealousy is like cancer to the bones. 
And actually, if we want a sound heart, if we want peace in our lives, that is going to be the spring of life that only God can give this morning that's going to flow through our lives and is going to determine the course of our life. But actually, we can end up with a whole lot of damage in our hearts. Have you heard people say, oh, that person's got a good heart. That person's got a kind heart. Maybe people said that about you this morning. Maybe somebody has said in your world, that person's got a heart of stone. They got a heart of stone. They just don't care. They don't love whatever the issue might be. We, you see, we aren't designed to carry around those kind of things. And there's things that can happen in our lives that damage and affect the condition of our heart. But God is interested in our right condition this morning. You know, what are those things in your life right now that you're carrying around that God wants to release you from this morning? What are those things? You know, it might be that bitterness from someone who got a promotion ahead of you. And you look at that situation and go, how come I don't get the recognition for, that, for the work that I put in? How come that person gets all the praise and they've received the promotion? And actually in my life, I'm going, that should have been me. And it affects our heart. It might be the pain of a friend who let you down. It might be the weight and the shame of past relationships that didn't end up the way we intended. And actually this morning, God is saying, you don't need to hang on to those things anymore. I'm more interested in your heart and the condition of your heart than those things that, we, that burden us down. I recently read about hoarders and people who stock their house. You know, my living room wasn't quite at that level. But I read about hoarders, and there's two mindsets that affect hoarders. One mindset of people who don't want to get rid of stuff in their life and don't want to clear some stuff in their life is one, I might need it later. Maybe you need to hang on to that unforgiveness because actually if you let it go, then that person won't get what's coming to them. Actually, if I hold on to that hurt and that bitterness, then actually that, that person would have got away with it. But this morning, God is wanting to release you from that stuff. Sometimes we think that we might need it later. And the other hoarder mindset is that if it's gone, I might miss it when it's gone. But God is saying there's a better way. There's a higher way. You see, we need to give up some stuff this morning. We need to choose our crop and cut some things out of our lives because otherwise it affects our heart. That's our part in choosing our crop. But also God's got a part in choosing our crop. You know, God's got a part for you. And for so many people in our society, we hear the term heartache or heartbreak. And there might be some things that you feel have happened to you in your journey, in your life, that actually you don't know how to deal with. And it's a burden that's weighing on your heart this morning. And God is saying, I've got a part to play in choosing your crop too. I can release you from that stuff this morning. I can bring freedom into your life this morning. And, and God's message for you this morning is this. In Isaiah 61, verse 2, it says that he has come to comfort all who mourn, to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise instead of heaviness. Now, I don't know what heaviness you might be feeling in your life. I don't know what mourning you might be going through. I don't know the burdens that are on your life. But actually, God is saying, I can be your joy in that moment. I can be your strength in that moment. I can be your breakthrough in that moment. And you know what? Who wants to live with that unquenchable spirit of joy this morning? I know I do. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord can be your strength. And this morning, I want to speak encouragement and I want to speak strength into some of us here today who have that heartache and that burden and that heartbreak going on. But God wants to bring you joy instead of mourning this morning. You know what? Joy isn't subject to our circumstances. 
Some of us have heard this before, but joy isn't subject to what's going on around us. And you might be going, Ben, how can I, how, how can I have joy in my life when all this has happened to me? But actually, happiness might be dependent on your circumstance. But joy is a, is a source from the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. And that's what he's wanting to pour into your life this morning, the Spirit of joy. That is like a river that, that flows from the Spirit of God alive on the inside of you. It starts from within. It starts from within. The second point this morning, as we choose to look at our lives through a different lens, is to fix your focus. Fix your focus. And like a camera person will line up the crop and they'll get some things right. They'll cut some things out. They'll start to deal with, with what's being seen and what's being dealt with. They'll also start to get the thing in focus. I've seen so many images, which would have been an amazing image, but the focus was off. Maybe things looked a bit soft. Maybe things looked a bit fuzzy, like we didn't know where we were. Maybe things looked like they should have been focusing on one thing, but actually the, 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 the focus had shifted and it had started to focus on, on the wrong thing in the frame. God wants to fix our focus this morning. Hebrews 12, as we go back to it, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. As we look unto Jesus, as we choose to follow Jesus, as we put Jesus in the center of our frame and we fix our focus on him, as we've chosen to leave behind those weights and those sins, God wants to start to work on your heart from the inside. And as you step into salvation, God chooses to crop your life, but he doesn't look at your life the way we look at our life. He doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the heart. And as we choose to focus on Jesus, he turns our picture into a whole new picture. He looks at you through a whole different frame. And actually, he looks on you as you step into your salvation. He looks on you the way he looks at his son, Jesus Christ, this morning. You know, this is something that we learn in Academy. And I'd encourage you to jump on Academy because it is so good. But God looks on you when he's forgiven you, when you say, God, I need a savior. He looks on you like he looks on his son, Jesus Christ. But he doesn't look the way that we look. See, he's not faking it. He's not photoshopping your life. He's not putting a filter over your life or framing you differently. He looks at you through the lens of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Can someone agree with me this morning? He looks through a different lens to the way we like to picture our life and the way that we like to present ourselves. He looks on you the way he looks on Jesus Christ. He looks at you the way that through the lens of what Jesus' blood did for you on the cross when he redeemed you and he brought you back. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus, in a moment, there's going to be an opportunity for you to say, yeah, I need that in my life. I need Jesus. I know I need a savior because I can't do this on my own. And he looks at us through the lens of what Jesus did on the cross without sin or without shame. Colossians 1.22 says this, as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. You know, what is it that you're thinking, ah, oh, this is too, too far gone. My picture is too far gone. God looks at you this morning without sin, without shame, without blame. He looks on you like he looks on Jesus Christ as you step into your salvation in him. And what does he do next? He gives us a brand new heart. He gives us a brand new heart. Ezekiel 36 says, I will give you a new heart. 
I will put a new spirit inside you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I'll give you a tender, responsive heart. You know, some of those things that we carry around with us, they start to damage the the condition of our heart. They start to change how we feel, and we start to get a a, a stubborn and a hard heart. But God is saying, I've got a new heart for you this morning. I've got a heart that's tender. I've got a heart that's responsive. So often we want to guard ourselves from hurt and pain and disappointment, that we want to put up the barriers against our heart. But actually, God is saying, no, I want you to have a soft heart. I want you to have a new heart. I don't know what your picture is this morning. I don't know what you've been going through recently. I don't know the story of your life. But I know that those things that can easily weigh us down, the burden of our past, the disappointment of our past, the pain of a circumstance that we might, go, might be going through right now, God wants to release us from those things this morning. And I believe this is, this is a, a challenging word, I believe, this morning. But it's a, it's a message that at the heart of it, there's hope. At the heart of it, there's God. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who wants the best for you. There's a God who wants to renew your heart where you feel like it might be lost. And actually, as we close, I've got a clip that I want to show you. And before we play this clip, I just want to introduce it. It's from one of my favorite movies of all time. For those of you who know me, it's not Star Wars. We'll save that for another time. It's Back to the Future. Who's seen Back to the Future? Oh, man. Great movie. Great movie. And actually, Marty McFly in this movie, he travels back. For those of you who haven't seen it, some spoiler alerts, but you know, bear with me. He travels back 30 years into the past, and he bumps into his parents who are in their last year at school, and they're about to meet, but actually, he... When he's in their timeline, he starts to mess things up. And actually, the chance of his parents getting together at the end of the movie become less and less. And actually, he starts to to realize he's got a picture with him. And the picture is of him and his brother and his sister. And as the movie progresses, his sister and his brother start to disappear from this photo. They start to vanish from this photo, and he can, he can see, he finds out that if his parents don't get together, then 30 years in the future, when, when this picture was taken, he's not going to exist anymore. And that's where we pick up the clip. Thank you, guys. Marvin, Marvin, you got to play. See, that's where they kiss for the first time on the dance floor, and if there's no music, they can't dance. If they can't dance, they can't kiss. If they can't kiss, they can't fall in love, and I'm history. Hey, man, the dance is over. <laughs> Unless uh, you know somebody else that can play the guitar. This is for all you lovers out there. Hey, boy, you all right? I can't play.
you've not seen that, go home and watch it. I'd highly recommend it. Why did I want to play that clip this morning? I want to tell some people this in the room. There is no picture that's too far for God to redeem. There is no picture that is too far faded or too far damaged or too far hurt and messed up for God to redeem. He is interested in in your heart this morning, not just the picture that you show on the outside. You see, as we step into our forgiveness, as we step into that love of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the picture that God intended for your life and the purpose that you were created for can be completely brought back. It can be completely redeemed. And whatever it is this morning that's holding you back from the purpose that God has for your life, I want to say today there is hope for your picture. There is nothing too far for God to redeem in your life, for God to change in your life, for God to heal in your heart. And God, as you put those pieces back together, you can step into the wholeness that God has for you. You know, we have these statements up on the wall to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. God is interested in your heart. And as we fix our focus on him, we set the direction and the course of our life that from our heart flows the direction of our lives that we can discover our purpose. We can find our freedom and we can know God. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Jesus Christ... You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Today he gives you a brand new frame. He gives you a brand new picture. He gives you a brand new heart and a brand new life. And he sees you the way he designed you to be. But as God is interested in our heart and not just our frame, God starts to do something remarkable when we give him our heart. That he takes your frame and he starts to deal with it. He takes the image of your life and he starts to deal with it. But it's more than that. It's more than just taking a snapshot and some things are behind the scenes that we like to forget and we like to choose to crop out. But God takes a 360 camera and he plants it in the middle of your life this morning and he starts to transform the entire scene. He starts to transform your focus. He starts to transform your heart. He starts to transform your frame, your background. He starts to deal with the behind the scenes. He he takes a look that is far greater than the look that we like to to present and he deals with the whole thing the whole thing you know as we redecorated our room and we cleared the, the junk out of our living room I realized that it was a process it's a process this morning and actually there's a whole lot more sorting out that I need to do around the house I need to clear out some of the clutter I need to choose the things to crop out but actually It's a process, and the process that God is working in your life right now, He is faithful to complete it. So this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask this question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, as the one who can change your frame and change your picture and change the story of your life and put those pieces back together and start to bring healing where there's hurt. Start to bring forgiveness where there was heaviness. What are the things that he wants to release from your life this morning? You know, it starts with a heart that says, Jesus, I recognize that I need a savior. I recognize that I can't do it all on my own. 
God, would you help me? God, would you deal with that temper? Would you deal with those images, that self-image that pulls me down? Would you deal with the pain of my past? Would you help me to forgive those who have wronged me? Would you help me to let go of that hurt? Would you help heal my heart and put those pieces back together? And you know what? This isn't a message that is only looking on the inside, but actually as we start to renew the inside and God starts to do a work on the inside of us, the outward begins to change too. See, God is interested in your outside. He is interested in how you present yourself. He is interested in your Instagram feed. He is interested in the trainers that you want to wear. But you know what? It starts from a heart. And God wants to renew your heart this morning. And the overflow of that will become evident in every area of your life. And if you don't know Jesus, right now I want you to do something really brave. If you recognize that that's you and you want to step into everything that God has for you and you've been living a life away from God and you don't know who he is and you don't know where the course of your life is going and you're dealing with a whole lot of burden and ache in your heart. If you want to make that decision this morning to say, God, would you be my God? Jesus, would you be my savior? Jesus, would you help me heal in these areas of my life so that I can step into everything that you've got for me? I want you to do something really brave right now and put your hand up with every eye shut and every head bowed and say, and put your hand right up in the air and say, God, I need you in my life. Jesus, I recognize that I need a savior. There's hands going up all over this place today. Thank you, God. If that's you, if that's you, once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. And we're going to pray this prayer this morning. All of us praying out loud. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me to renew my heart. I fix my focus on you, Jesus. Would you come into my heart? Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Transform my life. And give me a new engine. I turn away from the way I've lived. And I choose to follow you, Jesus. And with the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen.